This is episode 204 of the A News Podcast, a digest and or conversations on anarchist activity, ideas, and conversations from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. If you have an editorial you'd like to read or have us read for you, let us know by emailing it to us at podcast at anarchistnews.org. What's new this week? Some clues for, for reflection on the interview with comrade Alfredo Cospito from Contra Info. This is a response originally published in the Italian magazine Caligne to an interview in the magazine Vetriolo. Neither of these magazines seem to be available online, but they're probably both in Italian anyway, so fine. As far as one can tell without reading the interview, this is a lovely example of respectful disagreement, which the Italians seem better at than anyone else. This unnamed author challenges Cospito on the significance of technicians, of the working class, of praxis, of myth, and of the relationship of myth to utopia, among other things. Quote, I think that the rejection of the existing can go through the rejection of a particular form of economic and social organization, but if our criticism is limited to the denial of the privileges of a few without questioning the very essence of civilization and its reproduction, we only shuffle the cards to continue playing the same game. On the other hand, the self-management of catastrophe is no better than the aspirations of the current system to survive its own harmfulness. Through the awareness of our exploitation and the recognition of the class enemy, it is certainly possible to reach the nihilistic rejection of society, but I consider that it is not the only way, nor the most privileged one. I think that every individuality, trapped in the nets of survival reproduced in series, finds in itself the motivations to desire another world and to lash out against everything that stands in the way of its instinct for freedom." Unquote. This is worth reading for itself and as an example of how to give thoughtful feedback. Call for Solidarity with Royman Rodriguez from Enough is Enough, an anarchist member of the Gran Canaria Anarchist Federation, FAGC, has received false charges presumably due to being part of successfully combating the evictions of many poor families. This post includes two videos, one of which is in English, each over an hour long, and a statement by Royman. Quote, I will not waste time in claiming my innocence or similar nonsense, and even less when there are comrades who, at this moment, as I write, are already in jail. Also, it would be useless. That I will be condemned is as certain as that tomorrow the sun will rise. An attempt will be made with this, if I want to avoid, it seems, the execution of the sentence, to keep me calm and to keep me from inciting, for a few years if possible, a Canarian anarchism and an island movement for the right to a home that has been a nuisance for far too long and beyond any means of response. And then they say that we anarchists are naive. If they think that the conviction of activists and the need of the evicted can be stifled with laws, trials, and sentences, they have not understood anything. Even the founders of Roman law themselves assumed it. Necessitas carat lege. Necessity lacks law. No paper or bar has ever been able to crush the survival instinct and the urge to get food and shelter. My conviction won't accomplish it either." Unquote. Attack on police post in Palembang, Indonesia in solidarity with anarchist prisoners from Abolition Media Worldwide, a communique. Quote, we claim that they are related to the attack on a police post in the city of Palembang, South Sumatra province, Indonesia, on Friday, February 26, 2021, in the morning, as a form of solidarity for comrades Dimitris Kofantinas, Toby Schoen, Monica Calayero, Francisco Solar, and others. Let's make solidarity and set to the fire from individualist anarchists. Unquote. Cops raided Nabat squat after eight anarchist comrades were arrested. From Enough 14, translated by Riot Turtle. Cool name. 
Two squats in Spain have been raided, Nabat and El Local, and these are statements from members of each squat. The second one implicates the media, which so frequently just accepts stories given to them by the police. Quote, There is no doubt they are guilty. They are anarchists, most of them Italians. The usual story that eventually falls apart. It is necessary to teach them a lesson, to make an example, to punish and stop the protests that go beyond the limits of the system. We will fight to change the system. We will fight in an organized way, in an assembly, without leaders, respecting human life, and not the institutions, as anarchists have always done." Unquote. Anarchism, Mutual Aid, and Self-Organization, from It's Going Down by Pranav Jivan P., an analysis of the protests in India that is introduced as being similar to the George Floyd protests in the U.S., but mostly emphasizes the lack of militant background of the women who were primary in spearheading these protests, and that lingers on the Taz aspects of these Indian protests. Quote, the protesters were supported and coordinated by a diverse group of more than 100 volunteers, including local residents, students, and professionals. These volunteers organized themselves around different tasks, such as setting up makeshift stages, shelters and bedding, providing food, water, medicine, and access to toilet facilities, installing CCTV cameras, bringing in electric heaters, outside speakers, and collecting donations. Donations included mattresses, an assortment of tables that formed the foundation of the stage, and endless cups of steaming tea that provided warmth on cold winter days. Local residents formed informal groups which coordinated security, speakers, songs, and cultural programs that happened on these makeshift stages." Unquote. While parts of this description sound like some of the best of the Occupy and BLM protests, the idea of volunteers installing CCTV cameras does seem like a what-the-total-fuck question. I'm not sure what the point of the brief comparison to Chaz is, except that perhaps Americans need to have a reference to something in the U.S. to read about India at all. Maybe I'm too cynical. AMW celebrates two years and calls for financial support from AMW English. Not an anarchist project, a pro-revolutionary one based on volunteer labor from those who feel a, quote, sense of duty to the movement, unquote. They need to raise funds. They only accept Bitcoin. Update on the Bialystok trial, Italy, February to March 2021, from Malakota. Another court date has happened in which nothing substantive took place, and the prisoners are still waiting to get information that will allow the trial to proceed in some substantive way. Quote, all this reconfirms that we cannot expect anything from the democratic justice process, which, as we have already seen for Promoteo and Scriptomanent, wants to keep the comrades in preventive detention to the bitter end. And it reconfirms and feeds our hatred for the state and its servants. Solidarity and complicity with the comrades in jail for the Bialystok operation, with all the comrades affected by repressive measures, with all the prisoners fighting in jail, with those who are paying for last year's prison riots, with Dimitris Kofandinas, unquote. Includes information about the Bialystok operation, which involves anarchists in three countries getting arrested in June 2020. Legal update for Eric King, mail cut off, trial pushed back from It's Going Down. Quote, Eric is facing up to 20 years for an incident in which he was actually assaulted. He needs your support. Please follow us on social media and continue to hold him in your hearts. We will let you know when there are more concrete requests, unquote. Can't send him mail at the moment, but can send him books and magazines, so get the man reading material. Also, listen to his playlist so you can mock him later, I guess. Constructing an Anarchism, My Anarchism, from Libertarian Labyrinth. Here, this is what I'm talking about. Quote, The most important thing to reiterate is probably that my intention has not been to explain anarchism to anyone, but instead to present an example of various ways in which anyone might use aspects of the anarchist past in order to make anarchism their own. 
gaining clarity, and choosing among various possible interpretations. So while it has been necessary to put myself out there, it's been much more a matter of making an example of myself, perhaps at times even a cautionary example, than of playing expert. I have approached my work for the project as the sort of thing one offers to friends and friends of friends, people among whom my reputation undoubtedly precedes me, for them to use or set aside as it suits them, unquote. People. Sean knows his shit, wants to talk about it, and is humble. What could be more charming? What? March 8th, 2021. Anarcho-queer feminists are taking back the streets from Athens Indie Media. A call for a protest on March 8th, which we can only assume did happen to take back the streets. Quote, we do not fight for the freedom of women only. We fight for the freedom of all whom patriarchy oppresses. This requires a constant intersectional and polymorphic struggle against all forms of oppression, including the forms of oppression that women themselves perpetuate, such as capitalist exploitation, internalized misogyny, the defense of the nation state, and homophobic and transphobic violence. For example, we must challenge the glorification of the nuclear family, cis-heteronormativity, and the reality of trans misogyny. Therefore, we do not celebrate, like the UN, girl bosses or women in leadership. We do not fight, like liberal feminists, for the right of women to be as exploitative as men. Instead, we fight for the freedom of all from white supremacy, patriarchy, and global capitalism, unquote. Amsterdam, report back from the 8th of March, squatting action from squat.net, a communique about a banner drop from a squatted building. The three banners were about women, sex work, and anti-patriarchy, capitalism, and the state. Their statement brings up multiple issues, including rent equaling theft, the problem of homelessness, the connection of squatting and gentrification, the stigmatization of sex work, sex work as work, issues with liberal feminism, and so on. Quote, as femme folks, we are often told not to take up too much space. We are socially conditioned to keep our mouths shut and our legs closed, not to dream too big or breathe too loudly. But we are being strangled and we are expected to smile. There is no space that is safe under this patriarchal capitalist system. Solidarity is the only solution. Stand by those who are fighting their own oppression. Their struggle is your struggle. Their fight is our fight. We are not free until all are free. We will not let ourselves be the collateral damage of this crisis. We will not let ourselves be pushed out of the city. It's time to take back space. Unquote. Elusive relations, actions against time. From ilrovesio.info, translated by Act for Freedom Now by Massimo. Ilrovesio seems to mean the reverse if one can trust online translation. This is a letter in support of some friends on trial. Quote, Isn't it a wonderful mystery that individuals ready to burn the quiet life in order to conquer freedom for themselves and others still exist? In the reign of intelligent machines, algorithms, cost-benefit calculations, such an attitude seems highly irrational. You will agree. Agnese, Stecco, Nico, Sasha, Julio, Rupert, and Poza are some of these wonderful exceptions. Of these defective rejects, these surprises. Generous, in solidarity, resolute. Like the actions they are accused of. Action, not doing, programming, activating, calculating, or archiving, is precisely what distinguishes the human from the machine. Like everything that has to do with freedom, actions against power are repressed, also twisted and slandered so that they lose all meaning. Yet they are hard to die, suspended in a time of their own. They seem to respond to already consummated injustices, while at the same time illuminating those still to come, unquote. France, 3, 4, 5G, boom! From atake.noblogs.org, a charming and concise communique about the burning down of offices and a vehicle belonging to a telecom company in Chateau 
Arnaud Saint-Aubin. Quote, strength and courage to those who attack without delay. War on the techno world. We will strike again and again. P.S. But also, creativity plus determination equals boom. Preparation plus audacity equals boom. Love plus anarchy equals boom! Unquote. Poetry I can get behind. Forest occupation movement in Germany from Kremthink. What's interesting about this? Reports on multiple forest actions throughout Germany. What's not interesting? The liberal pandering. Who cares what Greta Thunberg or even worse, Angela Merkel thinks about these actions? How did that make it into a Crimethink article? What is misinformation? Calling these actions direct action. Direct action does not mean militant, folks. It means meeting our own needs without going to authorities. The difference between squatting and occupation is one between direct action and activism with rare exceptions. This definitely earns the not-anarchist tag. Come on, Crimethink. Come on, crime thing. Climes of <laughs> fucking blah. Claims of responsibility in Athens from Athens Indie Media. A communique. Here is the full text. Quote, as a minimum sign of solidarity and support in the struggle of the hunger striker and revolutionary communist D. Kufantinas, we chose to attack the school of the cops in the area of Nia Philadelphia with stones and paints on the symbolic day, March 8th. The struggle for women. We have chosen to return a small part of the violence that people who are struggling receive for so many days. The far-right neoliberal government chooses to play with the comrade's life as it chooses to hit women and men who go down in support of the hunger strike with chemicals, flashbangs, water cannons, as well as the uniformed murderous gangs of the Delta Group. We do not forget the orgy of repression that followed in Enshmirni to residents and the beatings by the bastards of the diaspora. P.S. We dedicate the attack to the memory of the anarchist Lambros Fountas, a member of the revolutionary struggle who was killed with a gun in his hand by the regime's uniformed dogs on March 10th, 2010. Unquote. Disclaimer, Anarchist News does not support the naming of terrible people as animals. Long live Riot Dog. Montreux, a phage van in flames for D. Kufuntinas from atake.noblogs.org. A communique. A vehicle belonging to a prison construction company was set afire while parked. It is signed by anarchists who get up early. Early to bed, early to rise, people. In memory, clips of interviews with Sean Kelleher and his comrades and family from Abolition Media Worldwide. This is a touching compilation of a variety of people talking to and about Sean slash Armenio. Quote, Sean, what we need to do is remove ourselves from that left-right dogmatic spectrum that America has and really establish ourselves as communist, as socialist, and really make that point clear. You know, we want a free working class that does not have to have their surplus value extracted from them. As simple as that. But we're not going to do that as long as we're attached to the Democratic Party. They're complete morons. And we need to just cut the slate clean. Unquote. Worth reading and an excellent example of letting dead people speak for themselves within a context of other people's thoughts. I, for one, feel more and more strongly about this recontextualization of the dead as time goes on and more and more bullshit comes up. Just saying. Let us bury our fangs in the skin of heteropatriarchy. From Publication Refractario, translated by The Free, by Monica Caballero Sepulveda, anarchist prisoner. Mostly this seems to argue against people who don't support political violence. It ends, quote, The path of confrontation is long and difficult, but it is undoubtedly full of beauty, which emanates from an endless number of comrades, who make mutual support and solidarity flesh. If we bring these two words to our daily lives, we become strong. We do not need any institution or intermediary. We only need our partners. 
Let us bury our fangs in the skin of heteropatriarchy. All police are enemies regardless of their color or gender, unquote. Can't argue with that. Audio and video, Margins of Reality, Episode 2, Post-Left Anarchy. An hour and 12 minutes from Margins of Reality podcast. So some of you may remember that this podcast from its first episode released in August of last year. The format and content remain unchanged, with a few anarchist friends shooting the shit, kind of loosely based around some pieces that they mentioned reading, but never really talk about. Here the topic is, of course, post-left anarchy, with guest Jason McQuinn, who is, of course, one of the big names associated with the post-left critique. Just as the format remains unchanged, so do the issues with this podcast, namely that it is a handful of people who know each other very well, who all seem to have similar thoughts on a subject, and who seem to be content talking to slash among themselves, while at the same time broadcasting that into the world. My suggestion will also remain unchanged, that they bring in someone who is either actually outside their immediate political sphere, or willing to act the part, in order to challenge people's assumptions and force them to actually tease out the details and possible contradictions of their statements. Exodus from Empire, Ashanti Alston, an hour and 43 minutes from Silver Threads podcast. So let me start this right up by saying that Ashanti Alston in this interview was a charming, thoughtful, and hilarious guest, and I highly suggest you take the time to listen to the interview. In it, Alston reflects on their route towards the Black Panther Party, what they took from the Panthers' successes and ultimate failures, as well as using prison to read, reflect, and grow as a radical. And looking at how one might age as an anarchist, the example of Alston's open mind and willingness to fail while moving forward is extremely inspiring to this baby anarchist, at least. Society on Lockdown, interview with a Greek anarchist, an hour and 28 minutes from the It's Going Down podcast. This is an interview with, quote, an anarchist living in the Exarchia neighborhood of Greece, unquote, which, along with the post-production voice masking used on said anarchists, feels pretty IGDE. Now, an anarchist living in Exarchia wanting some degree of anonymity totally makes sense, but it also seems pretty on-brand when it comes to IGD being very serious and dangerous! Anyway, here the guest talks about Greece's enforcement of COVID lockdowns, how those have affected anarchists, migrants, and protests, as well as the exceptions made for tourism. Aside from general COVID talk, IGD guy and guest discuss the ways that left and right political parties, despite being labeled as such, don't really translate between places like Greece and the U.S., which perhaps points to their not really making much sense anywhere. Adrian Marie Brown on Emergent Strategy, 48 Minutes from Live Like the World is Dying podcast. Here, Margaret Kiljoy interviews author Adrian Marie Brown on both the concept of emergent strategy and her book by the same name, which says, quote, the world is in a continual state of flux. It is a stream of ever-mutating emergent patterns. Rather than steel ourselves against such change, this book invites us to feel, map, assess, and learn from the swirling patterns around us in order to better understand and influence them as they happen, unquote. Although slightly more scattered than the final straw interview with Marie Brown posted recently on A-News, the overarching questions of scale, flexibility, and imagination remain appealing to me, even if Brown's language is a little too saturated in the jargon of love, accountability, and trauma for my taste. Also, shout out to Nettle in the comments for this podcast. Quote, For me, post-left is a tool, in this case a boat. It gets us across the river of statecraft to the shore of anti-politics or something. But once across the river, we can leave the boat behind. We have used that tool to extricate ourselves from the superficial difference of left or right, and now we are in the open field of how do we live in relationship to others, human, and more importantly, the more than human. Can we finally get to talking about that? Unquote. Indeed. What is Gender Nihilism on a Mediatism podcast? 16, 32, 8, 15, 33, and 33 minutes, respectively, from Immediatism.com. 
Here, Mediatism presents several selections from the What is Gender Nihilism Reader, which is, quote, a collection gathering readings for discussions on ending gender oppression, not by the proliferation or liberation of genders, but by its catastrophic cancellation. The reader brings together writings as old as 1883 and as recent as 2015, juxtaposing nihilist, radical, feminist, queer, trans, anti-colonial, communizing, and insurrectionary approaches with other unclassifiable textual existential disruptions, unquote. Definitely check this out, but maybe skip the author of Gender Nihilism and Anti-Manifesto's follow-up to that article where they basically refute the Anti-Manifesto because uh, Marxism and stuff. But anyway, check out the good stuff at <laughs> Jerk. And I'm feeling good. Running free, you know how I feel. Blossom on the tree, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me, and I'm feeling good. Hello, everybody. This is You Mad Bro, and today we are talking about. Uh, the article from A News, uh, Amsterdam, reporting back from the 8th of March, squatting action. Um, an article that covers a uh, Women's Day squatting action undertaken by a group of anarcho-feminists in Amsterdam. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, in Amsterdam, since the uh, ban on squatting, Homelessness has more than doubled. Um, and this is an issue in Amsterdam that disproportionately affects um, refugees, migrants, uh, uh, young queer people who end up homeless. Um, and so this group of anarcho-feminists came out and organized this squatting action. Um, and in particular, something which interested me a lot, actually, is that in the article they talk about how... Um, Um, in Amsterdam, there's a per, per, peculiar situation where um, a certain a group of apparently a group of artists and freethinkers, um, just a group of people, a group of squatters, are in a sense working sort of in line with the state, with with Amsterdam state government, uh, whatever. Um, basically holding on to the few free spaces and legalized squats that still exist in Amsterdam. Um, presumably so that those squats can't be used by the aforementioned refugees and migrants who are perhaps the state doesn't want in their, in their squats. Um, and I thought that was pretty interesting um, that there are apparently squatters who are because I generally I think of squatting as something that is sort of it, it's it's a an action or or something that you could do as an anarchist that is uh to me particularly powerful or sort of makes makes a powerful statement about a rejection of property while also being this just super 
in in many ways, very useful thing to do, giving yourself a place to be, a place to live if you don't have one. Um, and so it combines this sort of like, what I think is a really powerful, like symbolic rejection of property while also being a really practical thing if, if you don't get caught, obviously. Um, it can be an extremely like good thing for the person doing the squatting. Um, and yeah, if you are someone who's been fucked over and you're out on the streets, then squatting is a, <laughs> can be helpful for you. So to you, the, the idea that there are people who are pro-squatting or who are squatting, but who are still participating with the state or, uh, was surprising because yes. you, you think of it as a radical activity and, yeah. and it is not necessarily undertaken by radical people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also am very pro-squatting um, and agree with that, and now, you know, the idea that it is both practical and also um, political along lines that I appreciate. Um, and interestingly, there was another, oh, the German, there's a German story this week also about forest occupations, um, which which misdefined direct action. Um, and, and I brought up in the write-up for the story for the What's New This Week, um, the idea that squatting is direct action and occupations are, are rare. Like, I would say that's the difference between squatting, squatting and occupation is that squatting is a direct action. It is meeting your needs directly without going to an authority, whereas occupations are about saying, to whoever it is who would normally be in that space or be claiming that space or trying to, you know, for deforest that space or whatever, that no, you don't get to have it, but it's still communicating with these authorities that don't. It's not actually, people are not actually wanting to live in the forest. Usually <laughs> they're doing it for some other purpose. Um, but yeah, the idea that uh, it's, the idea that homeless or broke people or people who, you know, need housing are radical is definitely not the case, mm -hmm. um, which, yeah, this is just one more example of that for sure. I'm wondering, I mean, I guess the more famous examples of squats are the ones that were not necessarily that clandestine. So I'm assuming that there are at least of the ones that I've heard of some of them in Spain have a forward facing aspect of them but that's not necessarily the same as what you're talking about with occupations because it's not necessarily faced towards power or something like that. It's maybe faced towards, I'm going to use the word community, but that's whatever, um, faced towards community rather than faced towards a power that you're trying to either stop or make demands of. I don't know if that feels like a factual yeah, I, distinction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's, the fact that I was drawing such clear distinctions, it does not actually probably always work in, in reality. Um, <clears throat> but I would certainly say that public squats, yeah, they're public because they want to be public, not because they are trying to get something from somebody. Mm -hmm. That the, the desire to be public has to do with demonstrating that they can do it, that they are doing it, that other people can do it, um, but not that they're asking. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's, there's obviously there's lines like legal squats is a whole thing that I have not thought about or dealt with. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it feels to me again, as an anarchist practice, it is illegal. Uh, and that is not how squats always work mm -hmm. for sure. So there's plenty of people who squat in order to get 
squatters rights Squatch or whatever rights, yeah. mm-hmm. whatever the actual legal term for that is exactly um also thinking about putting it in the context of the u.s which i have no direct experience in but have heard many stories of it being more difficult because of the way property laws work here and they're being they being they are more stringent than one would expect and so i don't know i'm thinking about what what it means to look at it in the context of the u.s and why people are or are not squatting and it seems like here in the bay there is a rich history of squatting that is maybe not happening at this point but i'm not i don't know if that is actually the reality or it's just less public facing yeah I used to know people who squat, and I don't anymore, and that could absolutely be about narrowing social circles, mm-hmm. and I don't know. But it could also be about gentrification, and there's less um, support. There's less broad, you know, broad support culturally for people who are squatting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, having it having it be tied to not only politics but also just demographics and changing actual, or seeing it as actual changes in real estate is gross. Mm-hmm. Definitely, this action also involved uh, March eighth, so it was uh, women identified folks, um, whatever that means. Fuck off. Hedging uh, your bets. Um, and brought up a bunch of other topics as well, including sex work, which I thought, um, I don't know, I'm always looking for sex work people to be. I mean, sex work is another one of those things, actually. It, it is, it's, there's an interesting overlap in some ways, maybe, although I'm just doing this off the top of my head, with squatting in that um, sex work as an underground thing um, is both super fucking precarious, but also, I mean, black market stuff is how many anarchists survive, and uh, it builds skills that can be very useful um, and connections that are great. Um, but there are plenty of, the, like, to the extent that sex work is also, that sex workers are, or some people who are allies of sex workers are also pushing for uh, legalization or even decriminalization, um, which is entirely understandable on the one hand, obviously, uh, it can, black market shit can be very dangerous and scary and terrible, um, but does limit the sort of relevance of it to anarchist practice or something. So, um, yeah, just that there's a range of people doing both things and you can't make any assumptions, I guess, is mm-hmm. the point, which is pretty obvious. But Yes, I make obvious points chisel. Uh, <laughs> um, no obvious points to be made ever. Yeah, I think in past discussions we've had on you, Mad Bro, if people are paying attention, audience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Homework. We've talked about um, how the idea is that people want everything in their life to be, if they're an anarchist, they want a coherent life where everything in their life is coherent, or is anarchist, excuse me. And something about (coughs) decriminalization, I feel like could probably, people could try to wrap that up in that language of like, this is about survival, I'm being an anarchist or something like that by doing this in some way to survive. And I think it makes a lot more sense to see it as like, this this is in fact possibly about survival and is maybe not anarchist, but still 
is a weird fuzzy line in your life that you're having to deal with perhaps. Which I guess is always the thing with reformism is that there's a there's always a way to try and say that it's just just a building block or it's just something that's separate from your anarchist life or something like that. Although I am aware that sex work is not always a feminist issue, um, to the extent that it is, the fact that this seemed to center sex workers to some extent is what, to me, made it a feminist action. Um, yeah. I mean, the actual action was hanging three banners out of a squatted space, if I read that correctly. So, yes, one of the banners was about sex work. One of them was about uh, no state, no patriarchy, no mm, capitalism. Right. And then the other one was gen generically pro-woman. Woman life freedom. Yeah. So sex work is work was probably the most specific of the banner content. You're saying smash the state isn't specific? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am saying that. Controversial. I'm going to get in big trouble now. Cancelled. Not to mention Smash Patriarchy. And I guess a part of the context of all this is that, apparently, according to a, an article I just pulled up, um, that the, the city is basically moving sex workers out of the, out of the city, in, a, in basically uh, to appeal to tourists more. Um, and so... I don't know to what extent that's tied up with squatting, but it is something that is talked about briefly in the article. Um, it seems interesting that they're trying to appeal, to, like, that almost seems more like a gentrification, because sex work does appeal to tourists. I mean, there's sex tourism. So what mm -hmm. is it that they're, they're, yeah, I mean, this is, yeah. I don't think there's really enough information in this particular story to, to get into it that much, but... Mm. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like... But they're definitely trying to shut down sex workers, <clears throat> for sure. Mm -hmm. Sounds like... Oh, I mean, I imagine it being like a clean up this part of Amsterdam kind of thing, but I don't know, actually know how integrated... I mean, from the scandalous or sensationalized stories I have heard, it seems like sex work and red, the red light district is fairly well integrated into the city, but how true that is or is not is unclear to me. Right, and if they're trying to... In condense the space that sex work takes up somehow. Mm -hmm. So not to get rid of the sex workers, but to constrain the, the geographically more. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know. Uh, Why don't you know more? I should go to Amsterdam and do some research. You should be a sex tourist. <laughs> huh, says so the... Huh, huh, really? You're going to say that to me? Yeah. Hmm. I've been watching you I, The way you move This week's podcast was edited by Greg. The What's New was written and read by Jalen Greg. And also, You Mad Bro is happening. So we're and also, we're, thank you to us for doing You Mad Bro and another person that you don't know. so awesome. Thanks to us. We hope this podcast is useful too and fun for anarchists and the curious. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcastanarchistnews.org. For more information and usually some good commentary, see what your favorite non-sectarian anarchist site with commentary, anarchistnews.org. To learn more, go to littleblackheart.com. 
To learn more anarchists and any political books, pamphlets, and other material are available at littleblackcard.com for news at by and or about anarchists and up to the minute contrary. See you at anarchistnews.org and or the anarchist I news IRC chat room linked on any news and or the anarchist I uh, antisocial. antisocial dot dots three dots. Bye.